The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast NBA Edition. I'm your host, Matt Moore. You can find me on Twitter at HP Basketball. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is brought to you by BetMGM, the official odds provider for the Action Network Podcast. Joining me today on the NBA Edition, Raheem Palmer, Brandon Anderson. Raheem, how are you doing? I'm doing good. We made it through the first half of the season and, you know, hoping just keep it rolling. Brandon, how are you? I'm good. Still in North Dakota one last week, but we made it above freezing for the first time in about three months. So Woo-hoo. spring is coming. The second half is here. We're ready. Yeah, things are things are improving all over the place. And yet we're still doing unnecessary things like hosting an all-star game, which is what we're going to talk about in our marquee. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. All right, guys. So the all-star skills competition, three-point contest, dunk contest participants have been chosen. Uh, We will talk about all of those things. Quick reminder, this should not be happening. None of this should be happening. The all-star game should not be taking place. This is absolutely insane. There's no reason to be doing this. No one wants to do it. I have no idea why we're doing it, but here we are. I guess we're going to go just do this thing. Let's start with three-point contest. The odds are not out at the U.S. books as of this moment. When we recorded this on uh, Wednesday morning, the odds for these contests were not available. Um, you can probably get a good, pretty good idea of what the odds are going to be. I'm going to bet Steph Curry's odds are pretty good to win a three-point contest. Um, but there's always kind of sneaky value. I took Buddy Heald last year. Uh, and I think that there's probably always there's always going to be like sneaky good value on some of these things. Raheem, uh, when you looked at the slate uh, for the three-point contest, who was the name that jumped out at you? Immediately, it was Devin Booker. I mean, he's already won it. I mean, this guy's just, you know, great shooter. Like, I try to look at the guys who are just, are, are just pure, you know, really catch and shoot shooters. Or I just, I mean, when I look at the rest of the slate, I mean, like Tatum is a guy who he he's taking a lot of step back threes off the dribble. Um, same thing with Levine. I just like the, the best pure shooters. And I think, you know, Steph Curry and Devin Booker are the guys. But obviously, you know, Steph Curry is probably going to have the, the worst odds. So I immediately looked to Booker. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that selection. Um, it'd be nice for him to win so he could pay off some of the fine money from his ejection on Tuesday night. That'd be a nice bonus plus there. Uh, Brandon, when you looked at this slate, what did you think? Yeah, I was in these contests. I was like returning competitors. I feel like there's a little bit of a combination of jitters and just not really knowing the mechanics of these contests when it's the first time on top of it, it seems pretty clear that we are just picking the guys who already are there, which good. We should do that. Good. We're in a pandemic, but I don't like Mitchell or Jalen Brown or Tatum to win this thing. Mitchell is super streaky as a shooter. I could see him, you know, make like 21 out of 25 in the first round and put up like a four in the second round or something. Um, so to me, it's, it's three men, it's staff, it's Booker or it's Levine. They've all competed before and I'm just not, not taking Steph Curry. That's my pick. He's the greatest shooter in human history. 
I don't care what the odds are. I'll take Steph versus the field. I'm taking Steph. He's the best shooter. He's only won at once. The great, great shooters need to win multiple three-point shooting contests. And I think Steph knows that. I think he's going to want this. I think this is his event for the night. So I'm going with Curry. Wow. I like the, the boldness that both of you took. You took Devin Booker and the greatest shooter <laughs> ever now. Way to go out on a limb and really give the audience content they can't get anywhere else. Hey, here's Brandon the thing. Let's, let's, let's be honest. He's going to win a three-point contest. There we go. I here's love the it. thing. They didn't put it. Let, let's, let's be real. They didn't put enough white shooters in this contest. We need a Joe Harris. We need <laughs> a Duncan Robinson. Like, where are they? <laughs> They're not in the all-star game. That's the whole point. Where's, um, where's Bertans? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> That's where the value is every year. Like, two years ago, I had Joe Harris to, like, eight to one. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm dead, but you're not wrong. <laughs> Um, it will not surprise you. I'm going contrarian on this. Um, any guesses as to who I think I'm going to take? I'll say Mitchell. Le- Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, My guy. But, but here, but here I, I do actually have science behind this. So one of the things that I keyed in on last year, for years I, I was targeting catch-and-shoot shooters. That's who I was like, okay, it's just catch-and-shoot. Okay, and it wasn't working out for me. And then one of the reasons I got healed last year was I looked at the actual mechanics of shooting and I talked to some shooters about it. And I was like, I just asked them, I was like, Hey, is it more like cash and shoot or is it more like a handoff? And they were like, huh, it is more like a handoff. Now that you mention it, like it's, you great, you take, you, you pick up the ball moving to the side, right? Cause if, if you're rotating to the top of the arc, you're going to rotate. You're going to take the ball from the side. You're going to move it to the middle, and then you're going to go into your shooting motion. And so I started targeting guys that were really good in that area. And guess what? Minimum 50 possessions, Zach Levine shoots 51% on handoff plays. Now, a lot of those, a lot of those are going to be drives to the rim. However, when we combine that with his catch-and-shoot performance, you get the 46.2%. He's shooting 46% on catch and shoot this year with an effective field goal percentage of 67% via synergy sports. That is absolutely excellent. So we have a quick guy. The other thing I'm trying to think of is guys that are going to move quickly and getting in and get into a really quick shooting motion. I don't think Steph's a bad choice because he's Steph Curry, but if you do want somebody that's actually going to be a little bit further down the odds page, no one's going to talk about Levine. Levine has more motivation to win it. Curry's been in it. Like Curry's been in the three point contest and hasn't won it for various reasons. He usually makes the finals. Like he tends to get it out of the first round, but I do think that there's value on a guy like Zach Levine. Jalen Brown's the other one. Cause he pops out of both of these numbers as well, both, both handoff and catch and shoot. His numbers are really good there. Like Jalen's been really good. My concern with Jalen is I don't think his shot releases as fast. So I'm concerned that he's not going to get through the whole rack yeah. by the time that the, the clock expires. Um, so those are our picks. For the three-point contest, let's move on to the dunk contest, which guys just <laughs> just <laughs> Anthony Simons, a man named Cassius Stanley, and Obi Toppin <laughs> from the Knicks. Because let's get a New York guy in. I wish I could bet on the number of social media comments that were negative about this event because I would just take the over no matter what the number was. 
this is not going to go well. I do not think that this is a situation where it's like, ooh, some unknown names. They could really surprise. Maybe this is going to be sneaky good. I think that even – here's the problem. I think even if the dunks are great, they do not have enough star power for it to matter. Like, you're not like, man, I really – I got to tune in and see Cassius Stanley dunk. Like, no one is doing that. So I, this is, they should have just take, the other thing is they had a real opportunity here to just take the year off. Just be like, Hey, we're having three point contests. Cause we got all these guys dunk contest needs a crowd. There's no crowd. We need judges. We have no judges. So we're taking the year off and then it would build hype for next year. Like just take a year off, but alas, no out of these three names. Let's start with you, Brandon. Is there anybody that, of the three that you like? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> somebody has to win. Uh, can, can I take the judges? We got Dominique. We got Spud Webb. We got Josh Smith, who literally just got stopped getting paid by the Pistons like three minutes ago. Do, do you guys think three is a weird number? And maybe it's just because it's halftime. Do we think there's any room, any room for like a surprise Zach Levine or a Zion to be that number four competitor? No, because like, why would you invite Anthony Simons? to go to Atlanta, go through quarantine, do all of this only for it to be like, oh, but you're just the Washington generals for yeah. like, I had thought like, before they announced, I was like, maybe LeBron will do it finally. And it'll be like, he's going to do it and prove that he can do it at age 36. And like, that's the story is that he's, he'll be the oldest dunk contest champion. And that's obviously just not going to happen. Um, I do not think there will be a surprise competitor. At all. I, I don't either. So my pick here is Cassius Stanley under this very sophisticated logic. When there is a player that no one in the league knows who it is and they invite him to the dunk contest, there must be a reason. It's because Stanley is a huge athlete. I actually like him a lot. He was one of my sleepers from a shooting guard coming to the draft out of Duke. I think he's going to maybe end up becoming something for Indiana. Obviously, the developed guy as well. He's literally played 23 NBA minutes in his career. Oh 23 God. minutes. He's going to have like more dunk attempts than NBA minutes played. <laughs> but he's a huge <laughs> athlete. Uh, I, I watched a few highlights yesterday. I gave, I gave each guy two minutes to wow me on YouTube. And my opinion is that Toppin and Simons are better in-game and like alley-oop kind of dunkers, but Stanley has the better solo dunks. So that's my analysis. Cassius Stanley, let's go. All right. Raheem? Going with Cassius Stanley, I think this is Ooh. this is pretty cut and dry. First, he has the highest vertical in the in, in the dunk contest. He's six five. Anthony Simons is six four. Obi Toppin is six nine. Um, when I look at these contests, I never want to go with the the big guy because the dunks don't really look as good. So Obi Toppin's kind of out for me. When you look at Stanley, he broke the vertical record at Duke, which was held by Zion Williamson. We got a chance to look at some highlights. There's a video on Twitter, I think Balls Life tweeted it, and he's doing like an East Bay funk dunk mixed with Aaron Gordon's dunk. Um, and he pulled it off pretty effortlessly. Like, like Brandon said, they invited a guy who no one knows to the dunk contest, and he's the best athlete in the game in the contest. I'm taking Cash to Stanley. I think he wins this rather easily. Before everyone gets all up in arms about like, oh, no, we're spoiling the, the great names of the past dunk winners. Cassius Stanley. What if he's not even in the NBA in a couple years? So, OK, here's a trivia time for you guys. Since Zach Levine won those back to back dunk contests, there has been four dunk contest winners. How many of them can you name? I mean, Aaron Gordon should have won it. I mean, he should have won it the year when um, Derek Jones won it. 
Derek Jones won last year, so I'm going to give you credit for that one. I don't remember. That's a good point. So Donovan Mitchell won. I have no recollection of that, but he apparently won in 2018. Glenn Robinson the third and Hamadou Diallo. That's our oh, prestigious that's right. list. So Cassius Stanley, come on. I was down. in the building for some of these, and I don't remember them. That's not good. That's crazy. That's, that's not good. We're done. That's, that's not good for the dunk contest. It's also not good for my memory. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you that like there, there obviously have been like, but this is this is also on the players though, right? Like somebody's got to step up. Like this is the thing is like you got to have guys that are like actually want to participate, and everybody just wants to be in the three point contest. That's like look at the three point contest. Steph, Booker, Tatum, and Brown. Like it's ridiculous. The three point contest is loaded. And then there's the dunk contest. Um, I will take, <clears throat> I'll take Anthony Simons just again, to be contrarian. I wouldn't shock me if Obi did. Obi's got some ups and I think he can do some cool stuff and he's a Nick and that adds to it. Maybe it'll be awesome. Hoping for it. Fingers crossed. It'll be great, but yeesh. All right. Finally, the skills contest. Before we get to that, I do want to say, bring back the Rising Stars Challenge, or not Rising Stars, bring back the uh, Shooting Stars Challenge. Yes. Bring it back now. Bring it back now. This is the best bet to it. This is the best thing to actually bet on in the entire thing. I want those teams back. Give me that event back. I want to be able to bet on it. Please. Let All right. me bet on Chris Bosch making a half-court shot every yes. time I'm taking Chris Bosch. Yes. This is the thing. This is what I want. Give me Shooting Stars. Skills competition, obviously, is, you know, look, it's, it's been an interesting, I think, event. Is that they've added the, the guys that they've, they've added. On the slate, you've got Julius Randle, Damana Sabonis, Nikola Vucevic, Robert Covington? He can, I don't understand why he's here. He can barely dribble. <laughs> Robert, like, why is he in a skills competition? He can't do anything but catch and shoot. Robert Covington? Um, Luka Doncic. He must have uh, lost a bet or something. And the point, <laughs> and the point guy. You know, I, I, you know, I actually wonder. I, I don't know this information. I wondered if he just owned a home in Atlanta, and oh. if they sent out like notices of like, hey, how many of you like are going to be in Atlanta anyway? And Robert Covington is like, well, I, I have a house there. And they were like, do you want me a sales competition? He was like, is there money? You know, and like that's and, like that's how it came up came about. Um. Raheem, let's start with you. Who do you like in the skills competition? I'm going to be contrarian. I'm going to go with... Get off my bar. Covington, Covington. No, I'm going with Sabonis. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I got to look for somebody with some big odds. I think, you know, Chris Paul, obviously, is the popular choice, as is Luka. But I'm, I'm going to go with Sabonis. I, I think, you know, he, he he's probably going to have, the, like, some of the biggest odds on the board. I think he's had a great season. I'm going with him. <laughs> I like it. Brandon, what do you like? Can I bet on Robert Covington to miss the layup? (laughs) (laughs) Um, To me, skills contest is all about motivation. And I think Luca is just going to screw around and have fun. I think Chris Paul is going to either cheat and get eliminated, or he's going to be too proud to risk losing and make sure that it looks like he's not trying hard. So I'm getting rid of them. I don't think your contrarian picks are contrarian. I think you guys are picking like the second and third favorite. Zach Levine would be my second favorite. And Sabonis is my pick here. He's skilled. He's in 35% of his threes here. He can definitely make the passes. Again, he competed in this last year. So I like that he has done the, the very complicated course here before. And so he lost to Bam last year, who is our returning winner. And 
Uh, yeah, well, he's not returning. He's not in the contest because heaven forbid, but I'll take Sabonis too. So you talked about like guys that are motivated. I think Sabonis has been there and has done that and he won't be as, as geared up for mm-hmm. it. He's also played more minutes this season. You know who is mm-hmm. motivated? Do you guys know who has a lot of motivation, who goes after absolutely everything this season with absolute ferocity? Do you know who it's does Julius that? Randall. Julius Randall. <laughs> Going with Julius Randall. Because, <laughs> like, look, uh, he can shoot the three. He's shooting pretty well from three this year. He's going to hit the layup. We know that he'll dunk it if he gets there. And he's going to run the entire way. Like, that's a lot of it. It's just like, if you just run the entire way, you're going to get it because they don't dock you for missing things. You just have to complete the thing in time, which I think is crazy, but that's how they do it. Randall's going to absolutely sprint. He will sprint the whole way. Randall will win. He will get that. Like he wants a little more, more recognition nationally. This is like a huge year for Julius Randall. It's a Julius Randall year. I am going to Julius Randall to win that contest. We don't have odds for all-star MVP. I'm asking you this guys, this, and I haven't, uh, I did not tell you guys to prep for it. So I understand if you need uh, like a few minutes or like in Brandon's case, like six hours, if you have, <laughs> do you have any sort of lean towards all-star MVP? Like, what are your general thoughts on all-star MVP? Raheem, let's start with you. I think the hardest thing is we don't know the teams yet. I, I think you got to go with a young guy. I think I'm going to go with Luca. He's one of the rising stars. I think he's probably going to have the ball in his hands um, in clutch moments. So I, I, I'm going I'm to give it to him. I'm going to take a two-player selection here. My first guy is going to be Beal because Beal seems like the kind of guy that everybody will like, he will just want to shoot. Like he'll look to shoot. He'll hit catch and shoot. Like he'll just do enough of those things. And and if you score enough in this thing, you can win it. You don't think you need like an overall dominant game. Uh, And then the other guy that I think actually is probably going to have pretty good value is Zion. Yeah. Well, that is a good one. If we, if we consider the fact that half of these guys have said they don't want to be there in the first place, that they're all exhausted. Like LeBron is worn out, right? Uh, and a lot of these guys are in the same boat. I think there's a pretty good chance that they wind up like taking off a little bit. Booker's probably got to be on that list too, just for motivational purposes. Like you left me off, I'll show you, but I don't know if he's going to get enough minutes. Zion, I think we'll get enough minutes. I think Zion will play a lot. I think Zion will dunk a lot. I think he'll be on the receiving end of lobs. I think guys will love being able to be like, I can just jog up the floor and chuck it to Zion and he'll dunk it and that'll make for a good highlight reel. I think that there's a, like Zion, I think is, is probably the sneaky value there. Brandon, where do you like? Zion is my pick also. And I, I think there is, I think there is going to be value because I think he's going to end up being something like the eighth to 12th favorite in odds, just because he's not a starter. And, and there is, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, we're doing the Elam ending again, right? Like last year. I don't know that Zion's going to be out there at the end of the game. Maybe if he's been playing super well, then he is. So there, you're going to want, it's going to be easy to pick an MVP that's like getting the buckets at the end, but they also got to turn in the ballot before that. So that may not even matter. And what I think of with All-Star MVP is I can't get out of my head this one year that David Lee made the All-Star game and then put up like 20 points because he's just hustling. He's just out there trying and getting offensive boards and getting alley-oops and cutting and I just think Zion, he could have like eight offensive rebounds and just dunk on dudes all game long. He's going to get the highlights. It feels like a Zion year, like a thing that like, yeah, great. Let's let's vote for Zion. He's the guy. Let's have that be, you know, the torchbearer for this all-star game. I did, I did a little research. We have had four 
forward or big man winners in a row for All-Star MVP. It mm-hmm. had been a guard seven of the previous eight times, but it's been Kawhi, KD, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Big superstars. Zion doesn't belong quite there yet, but I just think that it's a, it's a chance for a big man to get a lot of easy points in the flow of things. I would have liked Durant a lot if he were playing for that reason. I think Zion is a great candidate to just rack up a ton of stats. I do want to note that the funniest outcome of this, since none of them want to be there, I really want Nikola Vucevic to win All-Star MVP. I just think it would be <laughs> like the forgotten All-Star year during the pandemic in Atlanta in 2021 when Nikola Vucevic won All-Star MVP. I saw Kurt Goldsberry's uh, graphic today. He did a graphic of who has hit the most shots from all the locations. And Vooch has the most up top field goals from like top of the key threes in the league. Mm-hmm. There are three teams that are interested in trading for Nikola Vucevic. And it's basically like league league people think it's like 50, 50, whether or not the, the magic go ahead and blow it up or not. I've talked to a number of people and half of them think they're like, no, they're just going to hold it out. And half of them think they're going to blow it up. I do not understand why you would not be, if you're talking, if you want to make a major upgrade, especially if you're a team that needs a front court player, like, I don't know the Boston Celtics, mm-hmm. you need to be looking at Vucevic and be like, He's got years left on him. He actually is going to fill a major need for you. He's gotten much better defensively because he's played under really great defensive coaches in Frank Vogel and Steve Clifford. Go get, go get Vucevic. Like let's, mm-hmm. let's get Vucevic onto a team that matters, please. Can we get Vuce onto a team that matters? I'm just asking this. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for the marquee event. We're going to talk about a number of things in, uh, we're going to go back to the future. Then we're going to make our Wednesday night picks. But first, I do want to tell you, you know, we talk a lot in this podcast about edges, putting the work in, finding opportunities and betting on them. And one easy way to lose your edge is to get absolutely tanked and start betting games. And that's why we want to tell you about our friends at Athletic Brewing Company. So Athletic Brewing was founded by these two guys, Bill and John, who loved craft beer. But they realized the flavors they loved weren't available and non-alcoholic, like at all. So they started Athletic Brewing and now they've won awards and they've expanded the brewery. These guys are killing it. Athletic Brewery sent us beers a drink and because they're non-alcoholic, they're only 50 to 70 calories a piece and they actually taste great. So if you're looking to hammer a second half line without getting hammered yourself, these beers are a great option. If you want to support this show, head to athleticbrewing.com, check out their selection and place an order using code ACTION15. That's ACTION15. And this gets new customers 15% off their first order. And if you order two or more six packs, shipping is always free. That's athleticbrewing.com. Use code ACTION15 on that first order and enjoy the flavor while keeping the gambling edge. All right, boys, let's go back to the future. Back to the future. This is the segment where we talk about bets that we wish that we had made earlier, and Brandon takes long shot uh, chances on things currently with absolutely no re- sound reasoning whatsoever. Um, Raheem, what for you this week? What's the one future that you want to go back to the future on? I think it's the San Antonio Spurs plus two fifty, plus two sixty. I, I I just think the way the Mavericks has struggled, the Rockets are out of it. I don't I don't see the Grizzlies winning it. The Pelicans aren't, I mean, defensively, they're just not great. I think that the Spurs are just the most balanced team in that, in that division. And, you know, I would really love to have some futures on them. You know, I think even the current price right now is is solid. But if you had gotten it early, you know, you, you were in a great position. I mean, this team, they have a positive net rating which is more than I can say for anybody else in the division right now. <laughs> so I just think, I think they're going to be neck and neck with the Mavericks to win it. And I think there's, that's a good price on them. 
Yeah, I got them at plus 110 to make the playoffs in preseason. And mm-hmm. I'm still feeling pretty good about that. It make like I'm worried because I'm like, man, if they slide, if they slide into the playing game and then they get like trucked by like the Pelicans or something. The West race last night, I looked at it, it's crazy. Like the West race is absolutely nuts. Like if you go to just up and down where the, the how close these teams are, like do you realize that the 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 Nuggets after everything, they're two back in the loss column from the Clippers. Like they they could absolutely catch the Clippers now. You got seven is the Nuggets, eight is the Warriors, nine is the Grizzlies who are six and four in their last ten, and then ten is the Mavericks who are eight and two in their last ten. The Pelicans have made all these strides and Zion's killing it, and they're still in eleventh on the outside looking in. Um, but I like that. I like the Spurs. I think that they are, they've been really consistent in the regular season, and people just don't value that enough. They get they get sucked in by all those like the more attractive. Like sexy uh, picks. The, the having a good season. I like that they've been bringing Alders off the bench. I think the bench is better. And then they've also been missing guys. Like um, White has been out. Like they just they just haven't. They've been playing consistent despite not having everybody. Like even you know this stretch where they, they lost everybody to COVID. It's like I've been impressed with them. They they played Brooklyn tough the other night. They beat the Pelicans. So they got a good chance of winning the division. And you getting um more than plus two to one on your money. It's 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 a good bet. All right, Brandon, where do you want to go? So I'm going to rewind way back, way, way back to 24 hours ago when I was prepping for this segment. And I was like, whoa, the Phoenix Suns are still plus 1,000 to win the division. They are sneaking up on the Lakers and Clippers. That's that's my pick for the segment. Fast forward to last night, and they took care of the Lakers, even without Devin Booker. Check the books today, and at both FanDuel and DraftKings, they're already down to plus 500, cut in half overnight, Jeez. which is ridiculous, and I would not bet that. There are 650 at BetMGM, but it, the value has disappeared overnight. Um, but I still like it. I still like the Phoenix Suns. I think we talked about this in a segment a week or two ago, just that the Suns are a team that can, that is going to try hard. I think that they have a lot more incentive to try to rack up the regular season wins, try to get the home court, the Lakers, the Clippers, they don't care. They just want to get healthy and get to the playoffs. So at plus a thousand yesterday, I don't know what it was before the season. I'm guessing even longer than, uh, but yeah. I, what do you guys think? Do you think the Phoenix Suns actually could win that division? I think they could. Um, I'm probably going to bet over the all-star break. I'm probably going to bet Clippers. And the reason is like this is a low point, right? Like they just like they lost back to back games to the Bucks and the Celtics, big national TV games. There's an expectation the Lakers are gonna get it together. Uh the Suns are gonna be like the sexy pick. The Clippers just wind up like they just win a lot on the margins. They win a lot on the edges. They take care of business versus bad teams. And so like I actually think the numbers on them are still pretty good. I think that they're probably undervalued in the market. Like it's funny last year, they got a lot of excuses for the regular season play based off of uh, their supposed playoff chops. And this year I feel like the opposite is happening where after they had a bad playoff series, everyone has completely dismissed them. And I'm like, guys, these were the title favorites a year ago. Like this team's still really good. And if we, if we're going to say like they're, they're falling victim to the same thing that drives me crazy where it's like, if the Lakers lose, Oh, it's fine. But if the bucks lose, this was why they can't win in the playoffs. And if the Bucs win, it's like, yeah, well, let's see what, let's see them do it in the playoffs. It's like, look, just be consistent. I don't, I'm fine with just saying across the board, the regular season doesn't matter, but stick to that line. It doesn't matter. The Clippers yeah. lost to the Bucs. Like that was a good win for the Bucs, but like the Clippers can beat anybody in a playoff series. They have the talent. We just have to see whether or not they actually have like the mental 
fortitude to get through a series. Like that's really the question is like, yeah. and, and they may not have to, if they get the right series of matchups, they won't be tested. And that's the best way to win. It's just like go the warriors route and never actually have to face adversity until you lose to LeBron after going up three, one. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that, Matt. I think it's so funny because had the bucks blown out the Clippers, I think it would have been an afterthought, but to yeah. me, the way they came back in that game said a lot about the Clippers. I think the Clippers were down 11. They went on an 11-0 run and took control of that game in the third quarter. Like, they didn't, even play a, they didn't play a complete game. Like, they couldn't make open shots in the first half, and they took control of the game in the third quarter. And outside of a bad four-minute stretch in the fourth quarter where, you know, they, they got caught up in some iso ball, to me, they, they look like one of the best teams in the league. And I just – I mean, obviously, they didn't have Kawhi, you know, against the Celtics. You put them in a bad spot, but they were in that game, and I just think um, when I look when I look at this team, this is a team that is using the regular season the right way. I mean, they're, they're, they 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 Terrence Mann coming off the bench. They got um, Luke Kennard. He's fighting for minutes. I think they got all these. They're learning how to play with ball movement. When I, when I watch this team, I feel like they're taking their lumps now, and then in, in the playoffs. They're gonna be they're gonna be fine. So I, I'm I'm I think they they go on a run in the second half of the year, and I like the Clippers. My back to the future this week is I wish I'd gone back and bet more on what I bet in the preseason on the Atlanta Hawks to miss the playoffs. I got it at plus one hundred, and I did not go harder because I was like, well, everyone says they're gonna be really good. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I crazy? Maybe I'm wrong. That was like my crazy pills moment. So I was like, maybe I'm just wrong. Like I thought the Blazers were gonna be bad, and I still kind of think that they are. I wrote a column that's up on action that talks about good, bad teams and bad, good teams. And the Blazers were one where I was like, I can't call them bad. Their record's too good, but I don't think that they're good. So, eh. Welcome to the Terry Stotts experience. The Hawks though, they, you know, Lloyd Pierce, Pierce takes the fall. There's chemistry issues with Collins and young. That's well known throughout the league. Collins is likely to get dealt. Um, not it's not for sure, but there's a lot of confidence that Collins is going to get dealt at the deadline. Uh, Young doesn't get selected to an All Star game mostly because like everyone's like, yeah, you're just putting up numbers. We know you're just putting up numbers. Uh, they're dependent on DeAndre Hunter. That's a bad sign. You should not be dependent on a, on a second year wing like DeAndre Hunter. He should not be crucial for your success. They added all these wings. None of them can defend. It doesn't solve any of their problems. Um, they're still getting torched. They're inconsistent and. The Eastern Conference is a wreck, uh, and so the Hawks can still sneak into the, to the playing game, but it is better than expected when you got teams like the Knicks and the Bulls that are actually like playing pretty well. Like The Knicks and Bulls, I think, are pretty good teams, and the Hawks are not, and I think that there's a very good chance the Hawks are going to miss the playoffs, so I wish I'd gotten in more when I could still get a plus number on that. All right, final segment. We're going to do our Wednesday night picks. One pick from each of us on the Wednesday night slate. Mm, dig in. Certainly does look delicious. It's the Wednesday NBA Buffet. Chew and swallow, no savoring. Brandon, let's start with you. What's your big pick for Wednesday? So on props this week, I am looking to play unders because this is a very undery time of the season. Heading into the All-Star break, uh, we're getting blowouts a lot more than usual. We're, we're just getting not great basketball, and I'm looking to fade guys. Last night was a fade the stars night at Action Network, and that worked out. Today is a fade the point guards day, and I am fading Jordan Clarkson, even though he doesn't quite fit the mold. He's at, listed at 19 and a half points 
So we're talking about a bench player has to go 20 points to hit the over here, which he obviously can. He can always explode any night. They're playing Philadelphia. He did drop 40 on Philly just a couple weeks ago when he hit eight threes, but Conley was out that game. Since Conley has returned, Clarkson's playing 26 minutes a game at 18 points a game. Still good, still not far from this line. I understand why the line is where it is, but Clarkson is under 19.5 in 71% of the games this season. He has only cracked more than 20 points in three of his last 17 games. So I am just sticking with Clarkson. I kind of like Philly in that spot also, maybe, but I I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring, grind it out, just get us to the break sort of game. So I'm taking under Jordan Clarkson, 19 and a half points. I like it. Love your props. You can check out uh, Brandon's prop article daily on the Action Network. He's red hot. What's your record this year? Do you have it? I think we're about 60% hit rate, 20% return on investment on the season. Which is, you know, not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, Raheem, what's your big pick for Wednesday? Um, I'm going to disagree with Brandon. I like the Utah Jazz tonight. The Sixers, they're, you know, they're 23 and 12, first half of the season, best record in the Eastern Conference. Joel Embiid, he's been an MVP caliber player this year. But what we're not talking about is the Sixers are just 8 and 8 against teams 500 or better. They have just five wins against teams above 500. When you look at these wins, they beat the Celtics twice in back to back games without Jason Tatum. The Lakers coming off a tough game against the Cavs. The Nets coming off the back to back against the Raptors without Kevin Durant and Kyrie. And then the Mavericks without Chris Straps, Przingis. They have 15 and 4 against teams below 500. So they're just beating up on bad teams. Now, I think that when, when it comes to this matchup, the biggest problem I have with the Sixers here is the, the disparity in three point shooting. I mean, you got the Jazz making 17 threes a game and the Sixers making 10. So they could be outscored by like 18, 19 points per game just from behind the arc. Now, the Jazz have dropped two out of three, but I mean, they've had a historic first half of the season. I just think when you when you look at this Jazz team, the three-point disparity is so big. You know, a lot of people are going to look at, they just played the Pelicans the other day. Zion Williams destroyed them. So... You may think, oh, MB can go in there and do the same thing. Gobert's held MB under 40% shooting in three of the last four matchups. MB is going seven for 20, five for 16, five for 13. To me, Ben Simmons is going to have to, you know, wreck havoc in this matchup. I mean, he obviously scored 42 points in their last matchup. But those aggressive nights are few and far between. So they're going to need an aggressive Ben Simmons. They're going to need him to slow down Donovan Mitchell. And they're going to have to do enough to overcome the disparity from three. My line makes this game four and a half. So at three, I'm taking the Jazz. The three-point difference is, is a good point. Watching the, ja- or the Jazz-Pelicans game the other night, they put up a stat that the Pelicans nearly blew it. It was like, what were they up? Like 17 halfway through the fourth quarter or something. And the Jazz came all the way back, but couldn't quite close the deal. They put up a stat. New Orleans at that point with like a minute left in the game was shooting 64% on three-pointers for the game, but they'd only taken 11. There was seven for 11. That's just like Tuesday night for Steph Curry. That was the entire New Orleans Pelicans team, but the Jazz had taken like 42 threes or something, and they're just winning the math game. So I think you're right. Now that you bring it up that way, I don't like the math in in Philly's favor, so I, I get the pick. Interesting kind of note here um so you guys know i'm a big half better and i'll talk about that more in a second in the last 10 games second half second half you get the advance line right now which is uh sixers uh or it's jazz minus one second half uh 
the Jazz are seven and three in their last 10 second halves against the spread. The Sixers are just one, eight, and Ooh. one. They have not been good in the second half of games. So keep that one in mind. Speaking of, um, I'm going to go ahead and like, we don't do like the count thing on action. That's just like not a thing we do, but I will say this. I am 40 and 28 for a plus 10.7 on betting halves this year. That's been like the angle that I found that has actually uh, been consistent. And there's a really choice one tonight, which is, uh, Golden State versus Portland. Okay, so Portland is one of the best first quarter teams in the entire NBA. They are excellent in that. In their last 10, they are 7-3 and three against the spread. Uh, for the season in the first quarter, the uh, Portland Trailblazers are uh, an absolutely just phenomenal. Um, they've been really just good the whole year in those spots, but they've especially been good over this last stretch in that seven and three uh, kind of kind of mark. Now the second quarter is where they always fall apart. I always fade them in that second quarter. Like that's always a problem. Right. And the warriors in general have been good in that spot, but they haven't been great as of late. They're 18 and 17 for second, for second quarter on the season. They started to tail off considerably. So if I can get the blazers with a lead versus the warriors who are, aren't good in the first quarter, and then the Warriors haven't been as good in the second quarter. They're playing that mellow canter combination less. So I'm not as worried about Portland absolutely getting blitzed and, and just broken off the face of the planet. I think that there's a real, there's probably going to be some value um, here on Portland first half, especially as a dog. Like you're getting, you can get plus 105 money line for Portland first half. And that to me is just like a really good value. Because again, one of the things I like about this is that they take the entire game and they just chop it. And it's, it doesn't really go into how you play in various aspects um, of the game as it goes along. And for me, like that's a weakness in where things are at. So um, the Warriors in their last 10 are three and seven against the spread in the first half. Just three and seven. And they're not as good when they're a dog or a favorite rather either. So I'm taking the Blazers first half money line. Plus 105. That's going to wrap it up for our NBA picks and the show. Thanks to BetMGM, the official Oz provider for the Action Network podcast. Make sure to stay tuned throughout the week. We've got all of the usual stuff going on. And March Madness is here, guys. And we're going to have conference betting, complete coverage and picks for everything with conference betting all the way into the tournament. Check out that on the feed. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Rate, review, and subscribe. Give us those five-star reviews. We really need them. They're so helpful for us. Give us the support. Comment that you love the NBA show, the Wednesday NBA Buffet. And we'll see you guys again next time on the Action Network Podcast. We're finished talking. <laughs> 